We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders God intends you to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, it's your meat episode. I'm excited to have you here. But before we get too far, let's dig into the word, okay? So we're going to start off in the book of Nehemiah, the Nehemiah chapter 6. Only we're looking at one verse, verse 3. It says, And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave? And come down to you. So, guys, that was a powerful little verse right there. I know it doesn't, you may, well, what does that mean? Well, go listen to the spiritual kickoff. I really unpacked that one because it has a direct tie to the work that you're doing and how you spend your day. I'm telling you, fellas, it's all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about today the power of 1440. What's 1440? That's the number of minutes we have in a day. And it is really important that we understand the power of each and every one of those. So we brought in an expert. I brought in a, a friend, Tim Timberlake. He's a senior pastor of Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and Creedmoor, North Carolina. So we actually ended up having a, a fun time before recording and during the recording session because I actually go to church in Creedmoor, North Carolina. The church I happen to go to is right around the corner from his church. Uh, I've actually, my girls have played basketball there. I've coached there at his church. I just didn't realize the, the connection. So we had a lot of fun talking about that. Uh, he is such a gifted communicator, guys. I'm telling you, he's a teacher. Uh, he communicates with people from all over. Uh, he has a, just a wonderful sense of humor, and he's got a, such a in-depth knowledge of the Bible, guys. It was just a really good conversation. So uh, he he is uh, a graduate from the uh, a School of Ministry in Detroit, Michigan, and he takes uh, small things uh, and is an avid sports fan for sure and a thought leader, Lord. So uh, that, that guy's so much fun here with him. He works with a lot of NFL players, he, he NBA players, uh, professional sports, where he just really has an opportunity to to coach and mentor them. And uh, so again, a lot of fun. He's a the son of God, a loving husband to his to his wife Jennifer, and they have a son, Maxwell Ace Timberlake. Together, we actually talked about him at the end about some things that he enjoys doing with with Max there. So. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. This is a really practical episode, guys, where we get we get down to brass tacks on some areas that you can really start to put in your life to make sure you're making the most out of those 1440 gifts that we have each and every day. So enjoy this conversation with Tim Timberlake. Well, Tim Timberlake, welcome to The Line Within Us. How are you doing today? Doing good, Chris. It's an honor and a privilege to be on the podcast, man. Oh, we're, we're excited to have you here. I got our guys excited with the uh, Nehemiah 6-3 verse that you that you shared. So they, they listened to that two days ago. So they're pumped up for this one. And 
you know, fun fact, guys. So I was reading this book. I always I read every book that comes that comes to me. We don't we don't bring guys on unless I read the book. And I got to the section where you got to talking about Creedmoor, North Carolina, and, and Tim and I just talked about it. So guys, I actually go to church in Creedmoor, live in the area, and uh, so man, it, it was great to be connected with the local guy, Tim. I'm telling you, it's great, man. It, it's it's very very few times outside of Creedmoor that you meet somebody that stays in Creedmoor. So it's a pleasant surprise, and it's a it's a pleasure to be uh, having this conversation with another Creedmooreite, man. There you go, man. there you go. I've actually been to his church. So uh, my daughters played basketball there, and when he was telling me where your church was, I was like, oh yeah, just around the corner. Like, okay, so I'm excited. I'm excited to ha- to, to have you here. Hey, before we dig into your book here, maybe give us a fun fact about you that uh, people uh, may not know about. Maybe some people in Creedmoor may know, but maybe not people outside of Creedmoor. Yeah, definitely people in Creedmoor know, but outside of Creedmoor, I'm a huge, huge, huge sports fan. And and uh, God has given me an opportunity to walk with and pastor a lot of athletes that people know and a lot of athletes that people don't know. But uh, one thing people don't know about me is uh, I'm really great at ping pong. And so ping pong is my secret weapon. And when I want to level the playing field with some of my NFL guys, I take them to the ping pong table, Chris, and I beat up on them real bad. And I uh, <laughs> stay away from the things that they they get paid for, you know, and, right. and focus right. on the things that I'm really good at to humble them a little bit. So there that's one, one fact most people don't know about me. That's cool. Now, have you always been a ping pong player? Since I was in high school, I played played ping pong just recreationally, but I'm yeah. super competitive. And and uh, anytime I get a chance to level the playing field uh, with someone that plays uh, sports professionally outside of ping pong, then I try to take them to the ping pong table and, uh, you know, put them on an even keel with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I do like to play ping pong, but I know I'll never play with you. So if you ever come, we're not going to play ping pong together, man. We'll just... <laughs> Well, this is awesome, man. So I'm excited. Oh, you mentioned I didn't realize that part. So, so you uh, work with professional athletes and things. You mentioned NFL. Is it primary NFL players who you work with? NFL, NBA. Uh, you know, we got a spectrum of all types of professional athletes that uh, call our church home, and you know, God has really, really uh, blessed us to be able to speak into their lives and to point them back to Jesus and to give them uh, direct. And so it's been really, really uh, fun over the last 19 years of pastoring to walk with hundreds of athletes and see uh, some of them go from literally middle school uh, to now their 10th and 11th year in the league. And so it's been pretty fun and humbling. That's awesome. So you, just for our listeners to know now, too, you're you're based out of Jacksonville. So some of you got some Jaguar players that are, that are coming to your to your church there. Yeah, we got quite a few that come to the church, and I try my best to in- encourage them and, and give them a hard time at the same time and uh, remind them they are not what they do. Uh, they are sons of God, and that's the primary and and priority of their life. And so it's been extremely humbling to walk with these guys on this journey. That is awesome. That is awesome. Wow. Definitely want to get down to Jacksonville. I got two reasons to go now. One of my another pastor friend of mine who who's been on our show a couple of times, the Church of Eleven Twenty Two there in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely, uh, he's been on Pastor Joby, and now I got two reasons to come 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 talk with meet with you and come one of your services as well. So man, I gotta gotta come down to Florida for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, let's dig into this this book here. So I read this amazing book. 
the power of 1440. And I'm just, just, there's so many great things in here. And I know you also have a new book. We're going to talk about that at some point as well, just to let our listeners know about that. But what led you to write this, this amazing one here, The Power of 1440? Yeah. So oftentimes, Chris, when people write a book, they either write it from a good place, a place of great memories, uh, or a, a place of pleasure, or from a place of pain, mm. a place of regret, a place of reflection. And the Power of 1440 was written from, that place. It was written from a place of pain, a place of reflection. Uh, my father, who uh, pastored an incredible church in Creekmore, North Carolina for many, many years, and uh, God used him and my mother to do some incredible things in the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. And you know how big Creedmore is, and you know uh, that it's not very often that Creedmore has traffic jams. And right. uh, in Creedmore, uh, in the early 90s to really the early uh, 2000s, every single Sunday, uh, we would have more people come to the church than the population of Creedmoor. And in 1997, he was diagnosed with stage four uh, terminal cancer and was given two weeks to live, but was also given the option to have this experimental surgery uh, where they cut him from the back of one ear to the back of another ear, open up his neck and uh, remove all of the cancer and tumors. And so they did that, and they removed the tumor from his neck the size of a chipmunk, uh, but they could not spare uh, his entire tongue. So they took 25% of his tongue, and from that surgery, he was no longer able to eat or drink or swallow. And for the remainder of his life, which was five years, he was fed through a G-tube. And uh, I saw him just kind of uh, fight for his life and really uh, cling to hope in Jesus while at the same time battling uh, this terrible disease. And so my father was a big guy, 6'5", uh, about 270 pounds. And I saw him over, this, over the course of four to six months just become a skeleton of the man that I knew as my father. Uh, but yet and still, he remained hopeful. He remained uh, steadfast and unmovable in his faith. But my faith wavered because um, of what I saw. My faith at that particular time really uh, was built off of the backs of my parents. And uh, it was on my 18th birthday. He spent five hours with me and he just really uh, kind of spoke into me. And, and, and kind of reflecting on it now reminds me of how fathers would spend time with their sons in the Old Testament when they right. knew that they were going to transition. And he spent five hours with me and he declared into my life what it was that he felt God calling me into and really prophesying into me, hey, this is who you are. This is what God desires. This is who God is uh, making you into. This is who you're becoming. And after five hours, Chris, he pats me on the leg. He goes upstairs to his room. And 2 a.m. that following morning, my mom knocks on the door. She says, I need you to help me get your dad out of bed. And so I rush downstairs. I try to get him out of bed. We fall on the floor and he's already gone, man. He transitioned from this life to the next. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I thought I had more time. Yeah. I thought yeah. that I would have more time to have more conversations, more time to have more moments, more time to have meaningful minutes. And the time that I thought that I would have never came. And so from that moment forward, uh, I said to myself, and I made a commitment to God, that I would steward my time differently. 
And that's where this book is birthed out of. It's not a time management book because I don't believe uh, that we can manage properly what we cannot control. We can't control time. We can't tell it to stop. We can't tell it to fast forward. We can't tell it to rewind. But what we can do is steward it. And so if we steward our time well, it allows us to make the most out of every minute in every single day so that those minutes can become moments that then become memories. And so that's my prayer for the reader is that we steward our time and those minutes become moments and those moments become memories uh, where we don't live our life in the regret of the uh, rearview mirror of our past, but we live it with an anticipation and hope that this time we have right here, right now will be valued. It will uh, have greatness extracted out of it, and we would lean into it with great intention like never before. Yeah, that, that, that is so powerful and impactful, Tim. I'm so sorry to, to hear that story about your father, too. But, I mean, it sounds like you definitely learned a, a, a lesson. And it sounds like he prophesied a lot of things in you that, that came to fruition, obviously. I'm very curious, though. You used the word steward a couple times yeah. right there. And that's not a word we, we use a lot. We Well, I use it a lot with our guys in our community talking about finances, right? Usually yeah. it's, it's tied yeah. to finances where stewardship I'd love to get your take and a little bit, dig into, you know, drop the plow a little bit on this one and, and dig into the stewardship of time. What what are you referring to there? Yeah. So when we utilize the word steward, uh, oftentimes we utilize it with money or we utilize it with um, raising our children or things that don't belong to us. Mm -hmm. um, and time is something that is uh, given to us as a blessing. Uh, there's no guarantee on it. Time is one of the only things that you can watch and it still escapes you. And so if it's not ours, uh, but we have to utilize it, then I think that we get the most out of it when we are stewards of it, understanding that when we return that time back to God, he in return makes it better uh, than we could ever make it within our own ability and own power. And so that's what I mean by stewarding time. When we steward something, there is an intentionality to that. There's focus to that. There's uh, a wisdom, understanding, knowledge that goes along with that. And it's deeper than just managing. And so this is not a scheduling book. It's not a book that, that makes you hyper aware of your calendar. But the prayer is that it makes you hyper aware of how you are spending and stewarding that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I did an episode earlier with the line within. It's called Quality Time. And I, I called it as Quality Time Still Exists. And I just feel like we're addicted to busyness as a society. You know, that's just all we are is just busy, busy, busy. We look at our calendars, almost like for men in particular, too. The busier our calendar is, like the more manly we feel or something. I'm like, bro, you're totally missing it. You're, you're, you're missing that. You, you, you have no time for God to move because you've created this tight box for you to be in, man. And oftentimes I've found, Chris, that we pack our schedules when we don't want to feel or process what we should. Mm -hmm. And we equate busyness with productivity, but busyness does not mean productive. Busy just means busy. And right. so this this book, it helps us to steward time differently so that we prioritize because the reality of our lives is there is no balance. And to be honest with you, there shouldn't be. And, and what I mean by that is my wife should not get the same balance of time as everyone else does. God should not get the same balance of time as everyone else does. And so there has to be priorities. It has to be that we spend the best of our time with God, 
our spouses, if we're married, our families. And, and I have a motto that I live my life by, and that's this. God and my family get the best of my time. Everyone and everything else gets the rest of my time. And that helps me to steward my time and prioritize my time well, so that when I look back over my time, I see my time mattered. It was valued. It was valuable. It was invested into the right places. And that's what uh, really drives me as first, a man of God, secondly, as a husband, and third, as a father. And then, you know, everything else kind of falls in its place, but it's because I've prioritized that time with God and not tried to give him the same balance and the same hours and the same time that I've given everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what this book really highlights. It helps us to understand the difference in that. It helps us to uh, really prioritize what's important to God and right. Uh, right. really see things from his perspective and his lens. Right. Right. I love this so much. We're going to dig deeper into this, guys. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you enjoying the weekly spiritual kickoff? If so, we are now offering a way to participate in our live daily spiritual kickoffs that happen Monday through Friday in our community. This is your chance to chat with me directly and other members of our community to dive into scripture and to leave with practical ways to simplify and apply God's word to your daily walk. And here's the best part. You get all of this for just $5 a month. So for what most people pay for a breakfast meal, you can join us on this journey of spiritual growth and leadership, which will always lead you full. Our community is dedicated to supporting each other and pushing forward in our faith. Come join me in the lion's den and become the leader God intends you to be. Sign up now at thelionwithin.us and let's start this journey together. Remember, it's only $5 a month for this amazing opportunity. So visit thelionwithin.us so you don't miss out. All right, Tim, man, you you have unpacked some really great things here for us today so far. So let's just get into that prioritizing the time. And I look at things that can be time sucks that impact our day. And I tell you, you know, we think about like this. I got one right here. I'm sure you probably got one in your pocket or something. Our famous... Our, our our smartphones. I'm, that's for our guys that aren't watching it on YouTube. Our smartphones, they have impact, and that they think have only been out since 2012. So this is only a decade in the making, right? A decade in the making. Think how much has impacted us from social media, uh, entertainment, just the way the way we do things here. So maybe speak to that and what, what, how that's impacting the most of that 1440 that that we have. For sure, I, I think that um, you know when we really process it, Chris, we are more connected than ever before Uh and more disconnected than ever before. Amen to that. And uh, I do something called a time audit. And in this time audit, I sit down and I write down what has gotten the most of my time. And you can do this easily on your smart device because your smart device breaks it down. Yeah. And it breaks it down in either time or percentages of time. And it allows me to know where my priorities are. And based upon the allotment of time giving to whichever app uh, it gets the most time, lets me know if I'm doing an adequate job that day or if I need to reassess my priorities. 
And I encourage all of our brothers to do this. Just do a time audit. See what's sucking up your time. See what gets the most of your time. And then see what gets the best of your time. What do you consider to be the best of your time? When are you at your best throughout the day? And see what you're doing in that time. Because that's the time that God wants. That's the time that God is after. That's the time that God cherishes. Not that the rest of your time isn't good. It's that God was your best. And so I do a time audit. And I try to reflect and, and really write down uh, what has been getting after my time, what has been draining my time, where has my time been going? And then if I need to reprioritize, I do. And uh, I find that to be very helpful. So let's get a little more practical with that, because I love that, that advice. So, I mean, what does that time audit look like? Is this an app you have? Do you, or, I mean, you have a notepad and a piece of paper? Or how do you remember some of these things so that you can actually be, you know, yeah, be accurate? Yeah, I, I remember... By reflection. Okay. I remember by writing down. Uh, I remember by regurgitating. Um, and so anything that I continually chew on, it leaves a taste in my mouth. Anything that we chew on. And, and this is, this is the reality of life, particularly for men. What feeds us? We have a tendency to follow. So whatever feeds us has a tendency to follow. And oftentimes we allow the wrong things to feed us. And so we regurgitate the wrong things. But it's in those moments that you reflect, that you refine uh, and that you recalibrate uh, what's priority and what should be important to you. And so that's typically how I do it. OK, I mean, I love that, that advice. I mean, a time audit is something. How often are you doing? Is this like a month, monthly, quarterly or just feel like when you think when you're off track and just trying to get practical with these guys on how maybe we could apply this directly? Yeah, that's a great question. For for me, I try to do a mini audit at the end of every night and then a major time audit when I notice things are off. And, you know, I believe in being, you know, productive, meaning uh, before there is any issue, before there is any crisis, before there's any uh, thing to be, um, you know, concerned about as it concerns my priorities. Mm -hmm. But there are times uh, once a month or once every other month where I just go back and reassess and do a deep dive onto that month. How was it spent? Was my time with God spent well? Was my time with my family spent well? Was my time, you know, pouring into people spent well? And there's always room for improvement and just trying to become a lifelong learner of how I steward the time that God has given me. And the reason it's important is because God doesn't operate off time. But God sure honors time. And if God honors time, then I should honor time as well. And so making sure that I uh, utilize that time wisely and make sure that I'm doing whatever I, I can to show value and honor to the time that God has given me here on earth, uh, because that's important to him. Amen to that. Love to get your take too. so far stewarding that time. How often do you dig into and really consider that the time that you spend with others and i.e. the people that you're actually around the most, the relationships. Now I love how you prioritize it. God and your family first, everybody mm -hmm. else gets the rest. But that yeah. rest, I see the rest of so many guys, this is where we trip up. It's because we're letting some people speak into our lives or that 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 are pulling us away from God versus pulling us closer to him. So man, how how do you recognize that and what advice would you have for the guys listening that I need to start looking around this, who they're spending the, the majority of their time with. Yeah, I would tell our brothers, 
your goals decide whose voice matters most. And, and here's why that's important. Because the voice you listen to determines the destiny you experience. If you listen to the wrong voices, you'll wind up at the wrong place. And so as it pertains to who I will allow to speak into my life, it depends on the goals of that season. I have a pastor who constantly speaks into my life, holds me accountable. Uh, we are friends. So we're talking about life. We're talking about the ups of life. We're talking about the downs of life. And I've just found that oftentimes uh, in this life, men are only as strong as their accountability. And so when we're not accountable, when we're not processing things, when we keep things in, then those things we keep in become poison to us uh, rather than propellants to help further us on this journey we call life. And so for me, I, I process that who gets that time based upon uh, the season I'm in and based upon the things that God has placed in front of me as targets to aim and shoot for. Uh, as far as pouring into other people, my life is a life of service. I'm constantly pouring into people, but I also have to pour into people at the speed of grace, at the pace of grace, mm -hmm. understanding that I am not God. I, I don't have the power to save. I don't have the power uh, to change, but I know someone that does. And my obligation is to point them to him and not to me. When I take on the responsibility of trying to carry the load of making sure people are changed and, and, and making sure people are, are modifying their life, then I've got, gotten into striving and not really riding the wave of grace that God uh, has put in front of me. And so I pour my life into other people and uh, I try to do so based off of what that season demands. And, uh, you know, I believe that legacy is not what we leave for someone, but legacy is what we leave in someone. And so if I can deposit words of uh, uh, the word of God in people, if I can deposit words of encouragement, if I can deposit words of love into people, then those deposits become uh, legacy markers uh, for their life. And so that's that's how I try to steward that time and understanding uh, how God brings people uh, across my path is different than it will be for our listeners and it should be different, but every day you have an opportunity to pour your life into the life of someone else. And so take time to do that. Uh, find moments to share God's goodness with other people and he'll send someone across your path to do the same thing. Amen to that brother. And, and something just came to mind when you're talking that is think so many times as guys, we feel, we want to see the harvest, man. Like we want, we want to be able to, yeah. to, to sow it, reap it and harvest it. Right. And, I've had to talk with so many Absolutely. guys in our community, like, look, man, you may not be the guy who actually gets to harvest that thing. You, you, or, and vice versa. Maybe you sure. are harvesting something that someone else sowed a long time ago, right? But we just have to be obedient to the spirit. Remember, I love how you said, no, we're not doing the saving. The Holy Spirit's doing the saving. We just have to be obedient That's to right. it. But I think that so many guys, maybe speaking of that for a second, is that why so many guys, you know, kind of push that back against evangelism in general? It's because, a lot of times you don't see that direct result. Yeah, I, I think for guys in particular, we are results driven uh -huh. and we typically we typically shy away from anything that we feel unsuccessful in. And so whenever we can't see direct results in something, we have a tendency to not do it. And witnessing, soul winning, telling people about Jesus 
it's it's not about the immediate return or the immediate harvest. And sometimes you get that, but it's about sowing the seed of salvation into the hearts and lives of someone else and understanding what scripture says. It says some may water, uh, some may plant, and some may bring a, a, about the nourishment. But in the end, God is the one that gets the harvest. And so understanding that it's not our job to perform, it's God's job to perform. It's our job to believe. And when we believe, God performs every single time. And uh, that seed may not bloom into uh, the field that you uh, imagine and expected and anticipated it to, but it always produces after its own kind. And so continue to sow those seeds of encouragement, continue to sow those seeds of witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone you can, because they are making a difference in so many people's lives. And you never know whose life you will change from impacting one person's life. It could be uh, a million people that you impact and and you just never can uh, devalue or, or, or look over the opportunity to sow into one person's life. Amen to that. I mean, just was it Mother Teresa was talking about, you know, all she can do is cast her stone and then ripple. You know, that's that's, that's all you can do. You know, we never know who that next Billy Graham's going to be. Right. I mean, just cast your right. stone and uh, just just be obedient to what he's calling you to do. That's right, man. It's so true. So Love true. It. Now, I'm curious, too. You know, we talked about the power of today and, and power of one day and a day being a gift. And I always talk, I always talk to our guys too, a lot about the gift that we're given, which is called today. Cause we're not promised tomorrow. So when you start yeah. unpacking that, how do you master that moment of the day, the gift that we've been given, which is right now? Yeah. I, I think when we give God our first, you know, I do something just to kickstart my day called the first 15 before my feet touch the ground. I spend the first five minutes listening to God, listening for God, seeing what he has to say to get my day started. In the second five minutes, I spend that five minutes reading over one scripture, chewing on it, digesting it, rechewing on it, reflecting on it. And then the last five minutes, I spend praying over what I've heard God say and over the scripture he's led me to. And when I do that, it typically echoes in my mind for the rest of the day. So the rest of my day is going back over the conversation me and God has had and keeping that conversation going. And, you know, whenever uh, we think about spending time with God, I I don't want us to think about spending time with God just alone in our secret place. Like God desires to be in a relationship with you where you are thinking about him all throughout the day. And so I try to keep God at the forefront of my mind throughout the day. Uh, thinking about his goodness, thinking about uh, his love, his kindness, his grace, and his mercy. And it leads me always back to wanting to discover more of who he is and more of uh, what his word says. And uh, when I get to the end of my day, typically speaking, I've spent about four to five hours uh, in his presence thinking about him because of how I've made him the priority. And I've made him the central focus of everything that I do. And so if there's a decision that I have to make, I don't make that decision before prayer. If there's something that needs to be done as it concerns our family or the church, it doesn't get done first without prayer. And I do this as a um, really uh, developing my spiritual muscle to incorporate God in everything. And when I do that, it helps me to push out worry from anything. 
And uh, it's something that I think has helped me maintain consistency where I'm not moved by my feelings. I'm not moved by my emotions. I'm not moved by the circumstances, but I'm moved by the spirit of God uh, because I first heard God's voice. And so when I uh, talk to myself more than I listen to myself, I echo the voice of God. When I listen to myself more than I talk to myself, I'm echoing my internal voice and all the negative thoughts and all of the negativity that I've soaked up. And so I have to speak to myself more than I listen to myself. And and that leads me back to Jesus Christ. Man, that is a powerful routine and powerful advice right there. And I am curious on the, that second five minutes, the scripture, does that come to you through that first five minutes? Do you have like something planned out? I mean, where, where are you spending that time in the word? Yeah, it varies. Uh, so I, I have a scheduled Bible and every day it's another verse. OK, um, but also I'll just kind of pray if the Lord leads me to a scripture, uh, pings my spirit with it, then I'll just kind of go there and read that verse and uh, chew on that all day. And so it just varies. Some days uh, he'll lead me to a particular scripture and other days I go based upon uh, my dates that I have in my uh, Bible that structure that way. Okay. Well, then, uh, guys, what I heard, set your alarm clock 15 minutes earlier, you can get this done. I mean, it's 15 I'm minutes. That's it. That's all we're talking here, fellas. 15 and, minutes be, before boots hit the ground. You right. know, it's important that uh, you hear from your father. And I, I think it's so powerful that your voice is the second voice that you hear every single day because you have first heard from your father what he thinks about you. His ability to provide for you, his ability to father you and to give you direction. And when you echo the voice of God, and I think about this, brothers, when you echo the voice of God, you are never wrong. When you repeat what God says, you can never be wrong. And that's why it's so important to be the second voice you hear because you first heard his voice. Man, that is it right there. Well, that's that's the best morning routine I've ever heard, Tim. So this is powerful stuff. So, guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and keep digging here with Tim. Are you ready to unlock your true potential? Introducing 30 Days to Unleash the Lion Within, a revolutionary series that will transform you into the leader God intends you to be. In just 30 days, you'll embark on a journey of self-discovery and growth. This free resource offers a series of messages, each packed with proven methods to simplify and apply God's word to your life. Inside this series, you'll find practical strategies to unleash your leadership potential. You need to learn how to harness the power of God's wisdom and apply it to your everyday decisions. Discover how to lead with integrity, inspire others, and make a lasting impact. But this just isn't another series. It's a transformative experience that will help you find your purpose, ignite your passion, and unleash the lion within. So visit thelionwithin.us forward slash unleash to claim your free copy of this series. Don't wait any longer. Visit thelionwithin.us forward slash unleash and become the leader God intends you to be. All right, Tim. So look, I'm curious. You, this book's been out for a while. So what what did you learn most since you wrote this book that, and how it's helped other people? I'm just curious from your feedback you've gotten from your readers and, and people you've connected with. Yeah, I, I think it's made people hyper aware of how they 
steward and spend their time. And uh, it's made people become more present in the moment. And when you think about it, Chris, when you're worried about your future, you're worried about your future right here, right now. Mm-hmm. When you regret the decisions you've made in your past, you regret those decisions right here, right now. And so the only time that you have is a time that you have now. Why not get the greatness, extract the greatness out of this moment you have right here, right now, so that when you get to your tomorrow, it's already been prepared. It's been thought through. It's been prayed over. It's been saturated in the presence of God so that that tomorrow doesn't become uh, the regrets of your past uh, as you continue to move through life. And that's what readers are getting out of this book. And, and that's the heart behind why I wrote it, to make people hyper aware of God's presence in the time that we have left. And this is why it's so important. Whatever we become accustomed to, we get into the routine and the habit of getting familiar with. And it's just like walking into a hotel lobby and sitting in that lobby for a period of time. The background music gets washed out. You no longer hear it. And it's not until someone else comes up to you and says, hey, what's that song that they're playing that you become hyper aware that there's music playing in the background? Yeah. Or when you're in and around food in the kitchen and and someone's cooking over a period of time, your senses get dulled and you become accustomed to what you're smelling until someone else comes in and says, wow, that smells good. And then you are hyper aware of what you've already been smelling this whole time. And so this book is to just make you hyper aware of what you've already been experiencing, what you've already been navigating, what you've already been walking through and giving you some resources, tools and scriptures along the way to help you get the gold out of each moment so that they don't just pass you by without producing something in it. Amen. Going back and look at it now since this book's been out, would you edit anything? Would you add anything or take stuff away? If you had oh, man, I think, I think the best gold that comes from a book are the ideas you get that you wish you would have put in the book. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so there's always things that I, I, would, I would go back and add and things that I would improve on, things that you can only learn through uh, lived experience. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I, I believe that it is blessing a lot of people. And if I was to add something to it, I would probably add a few chapters, uh, as to, uh, how to better uh, experience each moment and how to better, uh, extract the greatness out of it and, uh, you know, spend the best time with the people that you love, because uh, yeah. at the end of your life, it's not going to be everybody you met that's around your bedside. It's not going to be your your boss and every boss that you've had. It's not going to be all of those different people. It's going to be your family. It's going to be yeah. the people yeah. that you've invested your life into. And yeah. uh, my prayer is that uh, the people closest to me love me the most because I've invested the best time into them. And so if I was to add something, it would probably be some practical steps to help people walk that out in a deeper way. There's some stuff in there that, that, uh, helps people walk it out, but just differently. You know, I'm always thinking, okay, that's good, but that could have been greater. Or that's right. great. That right. could have been greater. There's always things we can add to it after the fact in hindsight. And so uh, the book is never finished. It's always continuing to write itself. And we have to be good listeners so that we can apply what we've heard and what we're hearing uh, to our own personal lives. Amen to that. 
I'm curious too, because you have one, one chapter is particularly on rest. And yeah. I just love to get just you unpack that just a little bit. Cause what does rest look like for you? Cause I mean, you're doing God's work. I know you're out there and the Satan's attacking you. I'm sure you have spiritual warfare like, like no other, you know, like a lot of guys we talk to here. So I, yeah. I know rest is a, a struggle area for a lot of guys. We don't feel like we can ever rest. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you, you, you touched on that directly, but maybe share what is, what does rest look like for you? Yeah. I, so the reason guys typically have a problem with rest is because we have trust issues. <laughs> we, we don't trust that God can handle what we've been handling in our own ability and in our own power, the way that we would handle it. And so instead of resting, uh, we typically overwork ourselves. And what I've come to find, Chris, is that if the enemy can't get us to stop, he'll get us to overdo. He'll get us to experience burnout. He'll get us to experience frustration. He'll get us to experience stress and worry associated with the lack of rest. And when I say rest, I'm not just talking about sleep. I'm talking about your soul being at rest. I'm talking about your soul being satisfied. I'm talking about your soul having and found peace. And when you find peace for your soul, you don't have to worry about sleep. Sleep is the byproduct of you finding rest. And so rest is a matter of me trusting God to do everything that he said that he would do. And when I put my trust in God, everything that he's promised, every word that he's spoken works out in his timing and not mine. Amen. Could, could not have said that better myself. So, hey, Tim, we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back, guys. We're going to dig into our lightning round and a few more takeaways. Tim also has another book we're going to share with you guys about. So hang, hang tight. We'll be right back. We have a resource that allows you to test how strong of a Christian leader you are. We designed a short quiz so you can see for yourself how prepared you are for the battle. Don't worry, it's multiple choice, and it's a lot of fun. So to access this free resource, visit thelionwithin.us slash quiz. That's thelionwithin.us slash quiz, and see if you are ready to unleash the lion within. All right, Tim, this has been incredible, just learning and learning from you. And I like to get kind of practical here at the end, too. So for guys that are listening and they want to start making the most of that 1440, what's a what's a first step? What's one way that you think they could start moving today to make an impact? It always starts spiritually. And I have this saying, if you uh, have the best spiritual year of your life, you'll have the best natural year of your life. This can be your best year yet if it's your best year spiritually. And so the most practical thing that I could tell our brothers that want to get started is ask God, what areas in your life do you need to become hyper aware in? Ask God, what are your blind spots? Ask God, what are the areas that you need to improve on? And listen, because God always speaks. And one of the things that I found is it's not a lack of God's will given to us. It's a lack of us implementing the will that God gave to us. And so not only pray for God's will to be done, but pray that God would give you the clarity on the areas of your life that you have not carried out his will in it. And so that's where I would start. It's always spiritual. Everything happens in the spirit first. Everything happens uh, through God, by God first, and carry it out through uh, the reality of life. And so that's just one very simple, practical 
uh, step. Kickstart it with prayer, asking God, okay, show me, uh, teach me, lead me, and he will. Amen, bro. Love it. So, Tim, we're going to get into our lightning round here. We call it a feeding time here at the line within us. So this is, this is quick fire stuff. And then at the end, we're going to definitely give you some space to, to tell people where to go to get your book, talk about your new book. But let's have this lightning round first. For sure. All right. All right. So uh, what's a favorite hobby of yours besides ping pong? I got to take ping pong off the table. So, <laughs> Yeah. Favorite hobby of mine? is uh, watching any type of competitive sports, whether it's football, uh, whether it's basketball, whether it's soccer. But if I'm not playing uh, ping pong, then I like to play pickleball. Uh, I love pickleball. We're very competitive here in Jacksonville uh, playing pickleball. And so pickleball would be uh, one of my favorite hobbies. Love it. So what what is your favorite sports team? Uh, My favorite sports team is the Carolina Panthers in football. I'm from uh, God Country, Creedmoor, North Carolina. My favorite college is UNC. Uh, okay. So sorry for all the Dukies out there, uh, but UNC is my team. And, uh, you know, I, I love the Jaguars because I walk with a lot of those guys. So it's it's love by proximity. Uh, right. Those are my things. I don't have an NBA team just because I know so many guys and I can't stand getting into arguments with guys when they get traded about which team I like most. And so it's just a, I'm a player's guy. And uh, those are my teams, man. Those are the teams that I'm dedicated to and, and and I root for. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's let's shift away from sports here for a second. So let's go to to food. So if you could have the same meal every day, you only get to eat this. What, what do you have until? Man, I'm having a ribeye cooked medium. I'm having mashed potatoes. I'm having collard greens. I'm having a nice garden salad with ranch. And I'm having uh, half sweet tea, half water. Half uh, water. Okay. Half water to, to cut some of that sugar down. You know, that's <laughs> that's my contribution to health, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I didn't know if you're going to have sweet tea, half lemonade. I don't know if you're going to go almond, almond palm there yeah, or not. But, uh, that, that's my mom's drink. I'm, I'm more of a sweet tea, half sweet tea, half water guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's, this is a little bit more serious question, but what's your favorite thing about God? Oh, man. Just the fact that we could try uh, for the rest of our lives to know everything about him. And we won't even cut into a percentage of it uh, because he's so vast. He's so good. He's he's, um, you know, just so magnificent in his creations. And we uh, could spend the rest of our lives discovering things and uh, still not chip away at the very tip of the iceberg. And and you look at all of creation, all of creation is doing the same thing. That's why. Uh, the, in in the heavens, when the angels are crying, holy, 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 they're not being repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's every time they say holy, they see another side of God that they've never seen before. And it leaves them speechless. And the only thing they can say is holy. Uh, and they'll spend the rest of eternity saying that because they're seeing a different side of God. And so that's the thing that just blows my mind. I can spend the rest of my life uh, discovering, searching, finding, looking for different facets of God and never run out. Amen to that. Amen. Now, let's flip that 180. What's your least favorite thing about Satan? Oh, how patient he is. Mm, okay. You think about it. There's very few things, very few people as patient as the enemy. 
in our lives. He will sow a seed and be patient enough to allow that seed to grow. When, when we think about it as men, we don't have new sin in our life. The sin that we're still dealing with, the temptation that we're dealing with, have been from the seeds the enemy has sown since we were little boys. And those seeds have now grown. And so take, for instance, that seed of lust that started off as a cute little uh, monkey, a little ape in our life. When we turn around and look at it now, it's a silverback gorilla because the enemy is patient enough uh, to keep it consistent. Uh, where it groomed and, and grew over time. And so that's one of the things that I hate about the enemy, just how patient he is uh, to see uh, sin, temptation, and seeds of discontentment uh, grow into harvest in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's completely 100%. And I am curious for this answer for you, because particularly just talking about the, the use of time and how you do time audits. If, if you look back over the last year, what did you spend too much time doing? Uh, I spend too much time probably uh, watching sports and, uh, you know, rooting on uh, various teams. And I could have spent that time uh, with God. You know, I look at this time now. It's nothing wrong watching sports. I think you should watch sports. Uh, But I I can recall just last week I was watching uh, the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the middle of the playoffs, uh, intense game, tight game, I could feel the Holy Spirit say, I want to spend some time with you. And so I cut the TV off and I went and I spent some time with him. And so just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and looking back over uh, my time, I, I always think, could I have spent that time differently? And I probably could have. And so uh, that's one of the areas that I, I wish I would have done better. Okay. All right. Well, last, last two questions for you. So what's a new habit? Some Maybe something you've created recently or something that you want to create moving forward? Because we're all about, again, getting practical and learning and growing. And learning from men like you is a great way to do it. Yeah. One of the things that I, I've really tried to focus on doing uh, in this season is learning from my six-year-old son. Okay. Uh, I mean, he, you know, if we are uh, pliable, our children can teach us so much. My son knows every scientific name of every single dinosaur. I can't tell you five. Right. And so I don't know where he's learned it from. I don't know how he's picked it up so clearly, uh, so quickly. But sitting down and allowing him to show me uh, new dinosaurs. And then the second one is me, Jen, and Max. We like to sit down and build Legos together. That's become a new hobby of ours that I absolutely love. And I, I value and cherish and, and they just light up, man, like Christmas trees. Uh, every single chance we get to sit down together and just kind of build Legos together. So that's uh, two of the things that I enjoy most. Love it. Absolutely love it. So our last question for your lightning round is, you know, when when, when the guys leave here today, when they finish this conversation, listen to this conversation, what do you hope they remember? Uh, I hope they remember uh, two things. The first one is this. Stay hungry. And uh, I will use this analogy uh, for our, our, our time that we have left, um, this analogy of a lion that my father used to share with me. He said, son, if there's two lions, both of them the same size, both of them have the same size hands, the same size teeth, they're both uh, equally as strong, and they're placed into a cage, uh, which one of the lions would win? And I thought about it for a second, and I couldn't come up with an answer. And he said, the lion that's the hungriest. 
And the thing I would leave with our listeners is monitor what you're starving for, because whatever's the hungriest will always win. Um, and the second thing that I would say is the mountain climbing the mountain is always far hungrier than the mountain, excuse me, the line that's on top of the mountain settled. And so never feel like you've arrived. Never feel like you uh, have reached the pinnacle. Never feel like, man, this is it. Always stay climbing so that you can always stay hungry for more of God, for more of God's presence, for more of God's power, for more of God's greatness for your life. And that would be the thing that I would say uh, that I would want men to walk away from this podcast with. That's two great things right there, guys. Absolutely. So where do you want to point, guys, to, to obviously get a copy of this book and share about your new book, Art of Overcoming? We'd love to hear about that as well. Yeah. So The Art of Overcoming is my up and coming book, and uh, it's coming out uh, this month, May 16th. And you can find all of my resources. You can find all of my uh, contacts, my uh, cell phone number, all of my social media handles at my website, timtimberlake.tv. And uh, I look forward to connecting uh, with all of our listeners. Okay, absolutely. We'll make sure that's in the show notes <clears throat> for the listeners out there. Any social media platforms that you're on more than others that you would point people to? Uh, I'm on all of them. You can find me okay. on Instagram at T Timberlake, on Twitter at Tim Timberlake, uh, on Facebook at Pastor T Timberlake. And uh, I'm very active on all of them. Uh, it is me running those accounts. So if you message me, I will respond. And again, I look forward to connecting with our listeners. I absolutely love it. We will definitely get that, that book out for you guys as well. So I'll uh, be checking the show notes. We'll, by the time this drops, that book will be live. So that'll be out there for you guys. Go get a copy of the power 1440 and the art of overcoming. So Tim, it has been an absolute honor to have you on the, the line within us. It was just a, a blessing to hear your story, to hear how, how this is uh, the power 1440 has impacted so many people. So thank you so much. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? No, thank you, Chris, for having me on, man. It's a great honor and a privilege to share this time with you, man. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day, sir. You too. All right, guys. I told you that was going to be a go. It wasn't not, man. I'll tell you what. He was incredible. Really loved him. There were so many moments there where I was just, I, I usually write when I'm doing the podcast and I, I filled up my sheet of paper. There were so many takeaway notes of, of just items that we can apply directly. And I love how he just left us with stay hungry. You got to stay hungry, guys. You got to push the forward in life. I know Satan's going to push back. He's not going to want you to do the work he's want, calling you to do. He doesn't want this mic to go hot ever. Here's a fun fact. When we were recording the episode, actually the, the technology, we went, it went out for about two minutes. And my, my Wi-Fi went down with we could, for some reason, he couldn't hear me. And before we start any podcast, we pray and we pray for technology to work. We just pray for God to be glorified. We pray for our tongues to be uh, monitored just to make sure we only say the things that he would have us say. And you know what? In that moment, I was pretty stressed out. But God came through as he always does. It came back online. We we're able to finish the conversation. And hopefully you guys have got a lot out of that one. So really go back, listen to it, share this with someone, maybe the busiest guy, you know, you know, that guy, you know, who's popping up in your head, the guy who you, you can't understand how he does all that he does. And he always looks stressed out. Maybe he just always, he just looks frazzled. You see the guy at church. He just, just when he sits down, he's just that sigh. <sighs> Finally get to sit down for a second. This should be an episode that you share with that guy. Okay. So maybe whoever that person's in your head, Send it to him right now.
Okay, that, that's the, the biggest thing you can do to help the line within us, okay? Because you need to be thinking through right now, are you making the most out of every minute? Because if you're not, here's your opportunity. Do that audit that Tim was talking about and make the most out of every minute of every day, okay? So again, share this episode with others. Give us a rating and review. That would help. Visit thelionwithin.us. If you have not joined our community yet, guys, you're missing an opportunity to grow with other Christian men to help you be the leader God intends you to be. We have events happening pretty much every day, guys. There's opportunities for you to step in, to grow, to get off the, the bench, to get into the game, to apply some lessons, to ask some questions, to learn, and to take some things that we, that we teach and apply it in, in your local community. Guys, we are not the church, but we are a really good supplement to come alongside to help you in your spiritual growth. And if you're not plugged into a church yet, you know what? We have several guys in our community who are just like that, and they're just learning right now what to look for in that church. So they so when they go there, when they, when they make that decision, they'll be aware, educated, and making good, informed decisions driven by the Word of God. All right, fellas, we'll come back for our fun Friday. I got a lot of good tips, some really good ways to wrap up the week. A couple just wonderful dad jokes. I know you guys love the dad jokes and for sure the book of the week. So looking forward to seeing you guys, you guys back here on Friday. Have a great day. Apply some of these principles. Remember, you have to do, do the work that he, that you've been called to do, just like Nehemiah. So protect those 1440 and apply them to do what he has called you. Get after it, fellas. Now unleash the lion within. <laughs>